Hey guys, so welcome to your next stop with Juliette Hahn. I am super pumped about my next guest. Funny enough, she is not one of my Clubhouse connections because I know a lot of the episodes you guys have been listening to, I've been meeting people on Clubhouse, but she is not. She's a mutual friend and I want to introduce you guys to Carrie Montgomery. Hi. Hi there. Thanks so much for having me, Juliette. It's so amazing to be here. Carrie is a transformational coach and a personal brand stylist and strategist. So I can't wait to hear about her story because it is a very, very, very cool one. Welcome to your next stop. This is Juliet Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion. Every week, I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to your next stop. Okay, Carrie, so I want to hear uh, all about, so I know a little bit about you, but you know how I love to like just learn about people as I interview them. So I want to know where you were, how you came up with these titles, how you found and where you live and all of the, the great things that encompass you. I think... I started out really young. Like I wanted to be an entrepreneur my whole life. Like I always had the mind of like creation and trying to see how a product or information can convert into a learning tool or something that could help other people in the world. Um, So I kind of became obsessed with that when I was really young. And I studied a lot of healing techniques and healing modalities. And then I got into film and I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna learn how to make things like big movies and things like that. And so I helped produce movies and ran a film union in New Mexico. And the industry wasn't really for me lifestyle wise, it was hard on my body. So I got into sales and marketing and refined my skill set there. But I always, you know, just wished to work for myself. And as I was deep into my sales career, I um, started coaching and I got into health coaching world and I just saw an opportunity and I started watching like Marie Forleo and Chris Carr and Gabby Spernstein and Mastin Kip. And I was like, oh my God, look at how all these guys play in this space together. It's really, really interesting. And that was my first like entree into the online marketing space, if you will. And from there, it just kind of like my curiosity led me like you just it's it's a it's a total journey and you have to take ownership of it. Right. Okay. So where were you? So where did you go to college? Where did you live at the time that you were, you know, I think you said New Mexico, you that's where you were in the film industry. But take us a little bit through there so we can kind of figure out where you were and then. Well, <laughs> I, I have not lived <laughs> in one place for very long. I'm from New York originally. I was born there and then grew up in London and then Philadelphia. So I was kind of exposed to like a very global life, just given my families and their upbringing and how they raised me. Um, And when I went to college, I went to school first at Skidmore College, but I had broken my back and I couldn't sit in class. So I upped and out of school and I moved to a spiritual community in Findhorn, Scotland. And I lived there to help heal my body and work on myself and just kind of learn another lifestyle. Um, And then I realized I actually really needed a proper college education. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I ended up... um, going to school in Boston and I was studying acting and film production and marketing and PR. And, um, I went to Emerson college and it was like an incredible experience. So many opportunities. And our final semester was in Los Angeles. Got it. So I moved to Los Angeles and I was there for about a year and I worked at like new line cinema, you know, and I did everything 
to kind of see where I wanted to be in the industry. And I got this opportunity to help run the film union in New Mexico. And it just like took off. So I moved to New Mexico and I helped really recreate the, the film industry. How long were you in New Mexico? About three years. Okay. And then I wanted to move back to New York. So I was like, I want to, I want to go back to like where I'm from, you know? Yeah. Okay. And so I made that trip back and I started working for a director, Gary Winnick, um, and like acting on the side and teaching Pilates and like doing all the things. Um, and that lifestyle was pretty harsh on my body. (laughs) I was like pushing myself hardcore. Right. Um, and like not partying or anything, but just like literally working from like six in the morning until like nine or 10 at night and just going, you know, got it. Hardcore. Right. I was in my late twenties. So I'm like, I just got to do it. Totally. Okay. So then from there, so how did you become a, so from there, like where did you stop the film career? And then when did you get into the coaching and then figure out, and then like, you know, all of that, that's those steps. Yeah. So I had, um, I've had a health condition that like has gone up and down and, so I, when I did that really hardcore stint in New York, I had to kind of remove myself because I'd broken my back, like I said earlier, and I started to have some issues with it again. And so I had to remove myself from New York for about like nine months. And then I came back to New York and I was like, all right, I'm pursuing sales. Like I just need to kind of get in on my career. And I got this opportunity to go work in Hawaii for, um, for six months on a Ritz Carlton launch real estate project. Amazing. So I did that and it was an incredible opportunity, but it was during the crash. Oh. And so 2008, 2009, and it was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? This was going to be so good. Um, so I had to really like, you know, put my tail between my legs, come back. You know, I was an independent contractor, so I was had zero security. Um, and so I came back from that opportunity and we sold 176 million and we didn't get paid because we were financed by the So it was like one of those opportunities where you're like, this was great. And like the global situation is so messed up right now. Right. I I remember 2008 because yes, we, if we were in the city at the time and that was Mm. a crazy, crazy time and it was very uncertain, uncertain times. I mean, so I hear that. Can I take, go back one step? Do you mind sharing how you broke your back? Yeah. So I grew up riding in England. Um, and so every summer as a teenager, I would go back to England and ride with my trainer. So I just wanted to keep that relationship up and like keep those skills up. I had a total love for the Cotswolds and it was a great like work experience opportunity. I would go live in a bed and breakfast, help run the bed and breakfast and help keep the horses fit and ride them and, you know, just take care of the barn. There was a hundred horses. So it was, it was a lot of work. Um, and, you know, just having that relationship with a woman who trained me as a very young child and she gave me like balls, if you will. Like I really learned how to like manage and handle situations because of her. Yes. Um, so it was really great to be back in her sphere. Uh, and one day I was training a horse and he reared up and fell back on top of me. Oh. And um, I walked from the accident. I got back on him. Um, I got back on him just for the discipline of that, but not, I couldn't really ride because I was in pain. And... Um, I started having severe abdominal pain over back pain. Interesting. And over a year long period. Yeah. So over a year long period, my leg strength started to decline. I started to have like, like really strange sort of incidences. And then I started like 
I couldn't step on my gas pedal. Like there were, I couldn't sit in a chair very long. And so when finally my parents took me into the doctor, I had a hairline fracture in my spine um, and it wasn't repairing. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. So they put metal rods in my back to restore it, which was probably the one of the biggest mistakes of my life to say yes to that. Okay. Um, and in, in my deep inside, I was like, I don't want to do this. This doesn't feel right. And, but I didn't know how to say anything else. Like I, I didn't know how to say no to all of the authority around me. Like my parents, the doctors, um, my therapist, my school, you know, it's 18 years old, a senior in high school. And everyone's saying, you need to do this. This is going to make you better. And I'm like, it doesn't feel right. I'm like, can I do yoga? Can I eat better? And yeah, I have to, I have to say, I, so I want to touch on something that you said, because it is so important. And this is what I want when people listen to these episodes is in your gut, you felt like it wasn't right, but you were young and you were listening to authority figures, right? I mean, that's what we do. And that's what we do a lot of times also as women, right? We're like, okay, the doctor told us to do this for our child or the doctor told us to do that. And we follow them because we're like, okay, they, they are the authority figures. I always tell people you have to question, right? If you feel like something is not right, you have to question it. And it's even if it's uncomfortable for a moment, it's going to give you a lifetime of lessons. So that had to be really hard for you to, as you grew older, realize, oh, I wish I listened to my gut then. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that I asked the right questions to the wrong people. Uh. And that is a really big distinction that I've had to reconcile with myself. Like I asked the questions, can't I eat better? Can't I do yoga? Can't we try another alternative? And they gave me pain medication, a body cast and physiotherapy, which the three of those things together don't actually, what I know about health now after 25 years of studying health and well-being, like that doesn't go together as a successful path protocol. Right. So, cause you're atrophying at the same time, you're numbing the body at the same time. And then you're like, you're saying, get strong. And it's like, that's not, that's not the path of like treating the body the best. So it's taken me 25 years. Actually, I just went through something to reconcile that, to find like, oh, I was out of integrity with myself. So interesting. And how to come back into integrity with myself and kind of forgive myself for that mistake. Right. Because you said something that was very, very interesting. You said you asked the right questions to the wrong people. Yeah. And that is so huge because you, you did. So you, so then of course you're going to beat yourself up because you're like, I knew this, but they didn't, they didn't listen to me or they didn't agree with me. And that's a really hard thing to reconcile, as you said. So way, way to go to, to get there. And, and even if it was 25 years, years later, you still got there. So, um, that is something that we, we can't just let go. Right. That's really hard. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was really hard, man. I tell you. Like the, the, it was a full body experience. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh my gosh. Okay. So then you were in New York after, cause I'm sure with all the, the, you know, the broken back, right. As you said, when you're saying that you worked your body hard, that was hard for someone that went through what, what you did. Yeah. I'd have such crazy pain just walking down the street. And there was a morning that I woke up and I was trying to get to teach a Pilates class on the Upper West Side living on 33rd and 3rd. And I was like, I can't stand up. Like I literally, my legs gave out when I stood up getting out of bed that morning at five in the morning. And I was like, I'm in trouble. Like I'm actually really in trouble. And I had to call my parents and they had to come get me. Like they had to drive down from Maine and get me because I, I couldn't help myself at that point. Right. Oh, that and I was like in and out of a wheelchair for a couple of months there. That is tough. That's tough. But then you also listened to your body. You were like, okay, I need a break. 
And, and so that's another thing that we need to listen to our body. We need to listen to our guts. We need to do those things because if we don't, it, it's just going to spiral more out of control. And it's so important to that for that intuitive, uh, gut check, right? Okay. Does this feel right? So, um, you know, yeah. again, you called your parents and you, you figured it out. So you've had some, some living, um, that you have done. Yeah. So then you went to Hawaii Yeah. that got closed down. And then, so where did you go from that? Okay, so I came back to New York and I actually went to integrative nutrition school. So it was like one of the last rounds of them having a live program in New York City. It was like awesome. So I was living on 89th and Madison and, you know, walking across Central Park and it was like incredible. And um, I was really like deep in it. And during that process, I got diagnosed with Lyme disease and it was like, oh, what is going on? And I was like, oh my God, I got to figure this out. And so I went into uh, a one year treatment of that and it was really successful. And I got so, I had a client or sorry, a, a naturopath that then became a client, but she, she was like, you know, the body so differently than anyone. Like I've never seen anyone understand the body without being a doctor. Like you need to go to nutrition school. You need to work for these supplement companies. Like you, you can really help people with this. And so I went to nutrition school with the desire to go work for a nutrition company so that I could teach doctors lifestyle medicine. And so that's what I did. And I did that for almost five years. And I started a coaching, a health coaching practice. And I, you know, helped teach doctors how to make money in their practice using supplementation and lifestyle therapy and having health coaches inside their practices. And then I was also the health coach with them too. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. And so I, I like I use a homeopath. I am like totally right up my alley because I, I go to my homeopath before I go to a traditional doctor. It's always, it's been probably now uh, 14 years that I have my whole family the same. You know, we have our doctors, but I always call my homeopath like, hey, the, what, what do you think here? And it's so uh, amazing that you <laughs> <Help me. laughs> totally right. And that that you went and then got and taught them. So you did that in five years. And so you were in New York at that time. I was in New York. Um, I During the Lyme treatment, I moved out of the city to Rye. Um, I, I actually lived in my friend's guest house. The treatment was really expensive. So yeah. I needed to have like a little bit more of a serene environment and just kind of be chill. Um, but my, you know, my mission was to work for these supplement companies. And I went and I did it and I had a great run. Um, it was awesome. Did, did- and in that process... I was going to say, do they, um, did they know, was it l- like long-term Lyme that you had that came out? Um, cause I'm also familiar with Lyme or do they think it was something that was, uh, you know, a, a more of a new diagnosis? Um, they're, they're not totally sure. Like it's a little bit of a gray area for me. They think that like some of my health stuff has been there. Um, and honestly, Lyme is a really tricky, tricky, tricky disease. And I I have a lot of opinions about it. <laughs> I have a lot of experience with it. Um, I think that, you know, people who suffer from it can fall victim to the system of Lyme and, and how to be treated. Um, I don't think that the therapies are that great. Yeah. To be honest, I think they can really harm the body. Um, and it's, you know, like if you look at what the CDC says, no, I didn't have Lyme. Right. If you look at what a Lyme literate doctor who I paid thousands of dollars to, I totally had Lyme. Totally. Right. So I'm really clear about that dichotomy. Um, 
And now I just really have to listen to my body and I have to understand my immune system. I really have to like, I don't treat myself for Lyme. I, I say that I have had Lyme, but I am not like an active Lyme person. Um, it's, it's a really slippery slope. Um, and I think it can be really detrimental for your mental health. Yeah. And it's, and it is just like what you said, the CBDC said one thing and the doctors say another thing. And that's what we, I, cause we lived in Connecticut for many years and we have a house uh, that we are at now in Long Island at the beach and Lyme is, is very prevalent. And there was times where, you know, when we were in the city and we would come out here in the summer and I remember I would get myself like, oh my gosh, the kids, I would check them every night, you know, like, and because I was, I have had family members that have had pretty severe Lyme. And so I, absolutely understand what you're saying. And as my one son was bit, I, every time I find a tick, I send it in to get it tested. And there was one time that it was positive and the route that we had to go was so insane. And the things that they wanted to do. And I was like, wait a second. And that's another reason why I love homeopathy because it is another way to kind of look at things. So I, I love that, that, that you, um, you know, I really respect that you said that because it's true. It's one of those very tricky things that, in tradition, the traditional world, you're like, well, wait a second, I need to question this. <laughs> yeah, you really do. Because it's one, who's making money off of it? And two, what's an okay protocol, like, to how to treat your body? And I would never do what I did, you know, 11 years ago to my body or 12 years ago to my body ever again. Like, I would never say yes to that ever. It was awful. It was an awful experience. I still have health stuff, right? I, you know, after I was working, when I became an entrepreneur was when I had gone through leaving my job, moving to Maine. I left New York City because I was like, my body is in a full on, like, no, I had neurological conditions that were saying like my body was collapsing. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, I'm going to go live in a more natural environment. And I went and I lived in Maine and... You know, I said yes to what I learned about the coaching world and building a business and the skills that I had from production to um, styling to running a business to sales and marketing. Like I had all these skills and I was like, all right, I'm just going to do this. Like I, I have to do this. And, you know, I did Marie Forleo's B-School and I jumped on a lot of bandwagons with other people. I created a local mastermind in Maine and created a great community of women there where we would meet every month so that we could talk about our businesses, our challenges, the obstacles that we were having and how to overcome them. And that kind of community really helped me stay focused on like the success that I wanted to have. And also to look at like what lifestyle is really right for me. And there were still some more medical traumas that, that came along in the process. Like I almost died my first year of business and it was like, okay, here we go. This is going to be fun. But you just sort of like you, you recover. Right. So can I ask you what, what that story, if it's a short story, what, because like, then I want you to get into your business and where you are now, but like, how did you almost die? I have to ask. I can't just let that go. <laughs> Yeah. So I, after I had the back surgery, I started having like, I would hemorrhage every cycle. And so I'd bleed a lot and, um, it became problematic. I'd end up in the hospital a lot. I'd have really severe pain. I had endometriosis, like I had fibroids. So I, they would go in and do surgery to kind of like cure that or like burn it basically cauterize it and then take out the fibroids. So I had about nine surgeries, to remove the endometriosis. And when I moved to Maine, um, I was, I was definitely like struggling with my cycle and, um, 
but I just like, I wanted to have kids. Right. So I was like, I'm going to hold on to my uterus. Like, I just want to be able to have kids. And, um, I held on to it a little bit too long. And it was, they said, you're going, I was hemorrhaging out and the, I had just was bleeding like murder. And, um, I was admitted to the hospital. They couldn't stop the bleeding. And they said, it's time to remove your organ or else you're going to die tomorrow. Like you're done. Oh, so, so you've had some stuff. I mean, you've had some, a lot of stuff that has happened to you throughout your life that you've overcome. I mean, you really have. That's a lot. Yeah, there's a few big choices that I've had to make. (laughs) Yeah, to say the least. I mean, you really have. Um, Wow. So, I mean, that's, again, as a woman, like, that had to been, again, another journey that you had to, okay, so now I don't have my uterus. This is the plan that I thought my life was going to be. This was the next step, and now it's not going to be. Yeah. Like I'm going to move to Maine. I'm going to meet a man. I'm going to have kids. Like I'm just going to, you know, run a really chill business from the internet. It's going to be cool. And like the complete opposite happens. Right. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so in the recovery of that, so here's the bonus in the recovery of that, I woke up to like, okay, it's been 20 years since I had my first surgery. Like I need to be super creative. Like I just need to have this creative expression. And so coaching was great, but it didn't have this other creative aspect that I needed to play with. And so I started styling clients. I started styling people and it really quickly turned into a thing. Um, And so I was styling like Christian Northrup for Oprah. And then I got a regular magazine gig. So I was doing like monthly styling shoots. So I started to meet the community there in Maine. And then I just started getting clients around and I started to see a pattern around body image and connection to the body, self-esteem. And from there, I created a program, Create Your Soul Style, which is actually going to be coming out as another, the live version will be something else called Quantum Styling. And it's really about your connection to your body, how you express your style, really um, empowering yourself using a system I created called Somatic Dressing to embody yourself daily. So to make your choices and how you put clothing on instead of objectifying your body. Because to be honest, like I might, the relationship with my body is pretty tough. It's not been an easy journey and like it might look good, but it feels fucking horrible. Wow. Oh my God. I love that, that you just said that. And I love how you pivoted that. Like that is the one thing that you said about the creativeness, because that is so what I am, um, that's what I'm trying to teach women that when you tap into your creative and it doesn't have to be like, I'm an artist or this or that, there's many different things about a creative. So when you just said that literally my, my, my hair on my arm stood up because I was doing health, uh, health and fitness coaching. And I realized, you know what, I wasn't tapping into my creative. So I started this podcast and I started the podcast a year ago and, uh, November 19th. And I mean, November, 2019, and it is just morphed into this this thing. And I used to say to myself, I wasn't creative. I was I'm an athlete. I played two, you know, college sports. I'm an athlete. I was told when I at a young age that there was some point that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't creative. So just stick with your athleticism. But I realized, oh my gosh, I am so creative. So I am creating an online course actually to do that, to help the woman tap into their passion and be able to create a business or a court like a be or a side hustle or something because it is so important. And so I love that you said that you still loved what you doing, but you needed that, that, like that creative, uh, outlet. And so, so, okay. And so then you went big and so that's where you were doing and, and then you created all these different things. So tell us a little bit more about that and where people can find you because I'm just, I'm so fascinated with that. I love it. 
Yeah. So I can be found at carriemontgomery.com. So I, I am like an image and brand consultant, right? I help people improve their image to the outside world, but I also help them feel good on the inside. So I do that from a business and branding perspective, brand strategy, some clients, like I help them build their whole entire structure of their business and, you know, who they're targeting to, what that company looks like. And, you know, I work with doctors a lot, um, that are trying to create alternative forms of income. So I might help them like set up a consulting practice or um, like some sort of info product that they can monetize differently as things sort of change in the medical world. Um, I also work with coaches, speakers, authors, uh, teaching them how to not only feel confident and comfortable about their work, but also how to show up and have that presence. So a lot of it turns out to be about boundaries and relationships, building your network, feeling an internal connection to yourself and understanding what your body's needs are. So a lot of my coaching Yes, I style people and I make them look good, but like the coaching is actually a part where we go in and we understand like, what's your body saying to you? Like, what is that part of you that wants to speak that you're not letting it have its voice? Because the more you suppress that, that's actually going to come out and explode. And I can tell you from every single illness that I've been through, I have experienced there was a part of myself that was being suppressed. And as I've worked through the healing and there'll be a book coming out, As I've worked through the healing of that, I found the voice of what that illness was telling me, what was really going on. Oh, amazing. Amazing. So tell us, okay, so where do you live now? I live in um, Ibiza, Spain now. I moved here about two and a half years ago. Um, I was in about my third launch cycle of my course and I got burnt out. I got fully like, whoa, this is just intense work. Like, I didn't know how hard it would be when I started and I needed to recalibrate. And so my ex from New York city called and he's, he lives in Ibiza and he was like, just come, like, just come on vacation. You need, you need to get away. We hadn't seen each other. I think it'd been like five or six years or maybe seven years. I don't know. It'd been a while. Right. And, um, and so I hopped on a plane. It was my birthday. I did a yoga retreat. I did a quantum healing. My full body said, you need to move here. It was like, I've never had a full body yes. And that was like a full body yes. And I was like, all right, I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm doing it. (laughs) I'm just going to do it. (laughs) And I literally came home from that vacation, announced to my... Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) I announced to my community that I was leaving. Like I did a webinar, um, like, like hey guys, come to this training. Like I have some things to share and just want to like show you the process of everything that happened. And, um, and I, I, I've moved a lot, right? Like I've, you know, I've, I've lived in a lot of places and getting visas in different places, especially independently can be very difficult. I literally applied for it. I, I like not even, it, uh, nothing has been so easy. Like I had bumped into a guy that I used to, date, like kind of in friends when I was like in grade school, high school in Philadelphia. Okay. Right. And we were in Maine. And so I bumped into him right before I went on vacation and I was like, oh, I'm going to Spain. He's like, oh, we're moving there. Like in, in a couple of weeks. I was like, oh, cool. But we were going to miss each other. I was like, oh, cool. Have fun. Like, and then (laughs) I was like, I messaged him. I'm like, hey, I'm moving. (laughs) He's, I'm like, what did you do for the visa? He literally like white gloved me through the whole entire process gave me every contact I needed, anything that I needed to know, I had this resource, which like, it just, 
Um, there's nothing like a white glove service, like to take you through the journey so that you just don't have to stress as much, even though there were parts of it that were stressful. Got my dog all set up, my little dog, Nikita. We moved three months later and um, I like a week before I'd already let go of my apartment in Maine and I was kind of on this like one month journey in like the East Coast trying to wrap things out. And I was in this week before I was leaving, I was like, God, I don't have a place to live yet. Like that's got to <laughs> right. come through. Like I, I want that to happen. And I was like searching for stuff. And but I was like, I want to be on the ground to like see stuff. And my friend texts me like literally in that moment, she's like, Hey, my friend's looking for someone to rent. They live in Amsterdam, but they need someone in the apartment, especially when they're not there. So they want someone there all the time. Do you want to rent? And I was like, she's like, have you found a place? And I was like, no. And it was like right on the water and like it just it worked out so well. Oh my god. So smooth. And then same thing with buying a car. I was like, I need a new client to buy this car. I need to buy it in cash. I need to buy it by like this date because I need to get a parking spot by this date. Like all of these things. And it just boom, 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 boom. And don't you love that when happen. when that happens like that? It is like it it was meant to be. So I have to ask, are you still with the guy? Like the I mean, were you Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, we were never together. Oh. No, no, no. We were ne- like, we were God. not, we never got together for me to be. No, okay. no, but no, no. We're just, he's like my friends. dearest, dearest friend. Which is, oh, yeah. that's so special. Oh my gosh. Carrie, I have to say, I love learning about this. Yeah. I've had other boyfriends while I've been here. <laughs> not, not that you need to dive into that. Stay tuned for a quick message from my sponsor. Hi, my name is Shari Hodis, and I'm the president of Aura Limited, a proud all-women-owned brand marketing and global sourcing agency. Simply put, we provide fashion-forward swag for any and all of your branding needs. Please visit us at www.auralimitedspelledout.com. So Carrie, so tell us a little bit more, tell us a little bit more about the business and how it's evolved and, you know, some of the different aspects and some of your favorite parts of it. Yeah. So such a good question. I think the the biggest thing, like when I started out in business, I was really like passionate and energized and like alive. And like, even though I was going through some pretty incredible health obstacles, like the biggest ones of my life, I still had this like drive and passion. And then coming out of the the challenges and creating the 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 styling process and like somatic dressing for people and understanding that how much the body means to me and to others and how much it influences confidence i started to really understand like values and what my true values were and how values actually were something that if you weren't totally tapped into you actually could just kind of keep living unconsciously And the more I became clear of like, okay, sovereignty is like one of the biggest values of my life. And that is going to guide me on every step. If this does not feel like something I can own, if this does not feel whole, if this feels like it's too big of a risk for me, then I'm, I'm going to step back. And it's given me like signposts. If this feels like too unstable, or if I feel unstable, I'm going to take a step back. And so the entrepreneurial world is really interesting because it seems like there's this just go get them attitude, which I was raised with, right? Like, just go after it, go do it. And there's also this reality of like, sometimes we can't do that. Like sometimes the best thing to do is step back and really evaluate and stop pushing. Okay. I love that. And I tried to push myself so hard through so much and I actually, so I moved to Spain and then a year into it got a brain infection. And so I just took 18 months off of 
marketing my business took 18 months to really reevaluate my business, to reevaluate myself, to recalibrate myself like so much deeper than I've ever done. So when I say like, I feel called to do this work, like I, on the deepest level of my core being, know that I'm supposed to do this kind of work because I know that I can sit with people through thick and thin and bring them to their heart. I can bring them to their truth. I can bring them into like their passion, but I'm going to do it on their terms, not on what I think is good for them. I love that. Oh my God. I can't believe you got a brain infection. I mean, you really have had some stuff. Holy, I mean, wow. That's, I mean, that's, you have, you, you've had a lot of stuff. It's so stilly, right? Just, I have a really sensitive body and. But it's important that you know that, right? I mean, but you, you, de- that definitely, that's, that's so. Yeah, I have, a, but, but it's learning to like navigate the journey. And you know what? Some people get thrown these cards and you just have to know what your boundaries are. Like I didn't have good boundaries before. So I would say yes to things that would overstretch me and I had zero idea of my own physical container and how much I was burning it out. And now I'm like, yo, I might need to take a week and just rest. And everyone in my world has to be okay with that. If I say, no, I'm not going out, it doesn't mean I'm depressed and in a dark hole. It means my body needs to rest and restore and I'm doing it on my terms. And I might be celery juicing. I might be doing crazy green teas. I might be doing colonics. Like I might be doing all this crazy stuff, but like that's, I know my body and what it needs. And that's so important. And you know what? I love what you said because that's something that I teach my clients as well is saying no in the moment, it's going to feel uncomfortable, but resenting for a lifetime is the worst thing. So if you overload yourself, you know, I, this is what I used to talk about, like, you know, to moms that volunteer too much. I'm like, no, you have to say no. And it feels weird in the moment. But literally 10 minutes later, you're relieved instead of 10 minutes later, you're like stressed, you're yelling at your kids, you're yelling at your spouse, or you're feeling like shit. It's so important to say no. It's so important. I think that's one of the most empowering things to teach people is say no, double check yourself. And you could say, you know what? I love your idea, but it's not right for me right now. Exactly. Is there something else I can help you with? Or is there another time I can help you? But yeah. I have to say no now. I've said no so much in the past 18 months. It's incredible. But polite no's. But just like, hey, I'm not in the position right now to take a step forward. But i like happy to have a conversation in the future. Leaving open doors, managing relationships, but not being reactive or like projecting on people, um, being really gentle also with like with myself around the fact that I do have to say no at times where I don't, I don't want to say no. Right. Like, but I know in, in my best interest to, to say no. Right. Yeah. And I hear you. I love that. Understanding that. that too, like helps me manage my business. It helps me manage my clients. It helps me pull people in to my business to support me in areas that, just drain my energy. And like, I am 100% about energy. Like my styling is about how to manage your energy. My branding process is about embodiment and managing your energy. (laughs) My coaching, my quantum coaching is about learning to read your own energy, your emotions, understanding your story and disentangling it from your body. So you don't feel trapped in that story so that you can go out and live in a way that you feel proud of, that you feel confident about. That is how you free up your energy. Like freedom is a kind of an elusive word where everyone's like, yeah, get freedom. And I'm like, yeah, but what does that really mean? Right, right. (laughs) I'm dyslexic. So I always have to ask 
deeper of the meaning to make sure that I am understanding it. And I'm like, for me, it's, it's literally like, I need to, like, it's such a kinesthetic experience. Like I'm a kinesthetic learner. So freedom to me is meaning I don't feel trapped inside my body. Okay, great. So that means that's more mental and physical than it is like about being on the open road, which is perceived to be. So, okay. So this is so, so I'm dyslexic. My son's dyslexic. My dad's dyslexic. My sister's dyslexic. We are a long history of dyslexic. And when you say that it's, I know it's, it's, it's our superpower, right? But it's also so cool to, um, and I have to say, I was, I was diagnosed with LD, but now like if I, like my son is like nowadays with the way that they, you know, diagnosed, like he is a dis, you know, he was, that was his diagnosis. When I was back in the days, it was your dyslexic, your, your LD, you have a reading, you know, issue or a processing issue and I'm um, attention deficit, which was in college, which I was like, okay, I need to hone in on that more. But so I really know myself. I really know how I learned. So I love everything you just said, but I love talking to guests. And when they say it's, they're dyslexic, it's so funny to watch myself in the video. Cause I get re- really excited because I'm like, Oh, so am I, so am I, I want to raise my hand and be like, yes, I just, I just saw you. <laughs> And someone, oh no, I saw, I was like, oh yeah, she's dyslexic. I got it. I got it. I know that face. (laughs) You totally got it. And so I love that. And that is our superpower. It is, I mean, right in school, it was definitely, there's times where it sucked. Like I actually have an episode talking about like how all my friends went to gifted and talented and I had to go to the reading specialist with like the naughty boy and sitting there being, and my friends being like, why didn't you come with us? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. I I suck at reading, you know, and it was like one of those things, but all of those scars that I had in school, I also had a lot of medals and it taught me to how I am and how I learn best. And it's actually like I say to my, you know, my son, that is, it's like, it, it is, even though it sucks right now, it sucks right now being a freshman in high school, being dyslexic and, you know, in the early parts of school and it's getting easier. And he sees that he's like, it is easier. It's getting easier and easier. And ne- never, he always has to work hard. Why do you think I went to film school? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. See, yeah. so we, we were meant I mean, to I, talk. I went to like a really intellectual high school. I went to film school because I just couldn't do it any other way. I did not want to read books because it was so stressful for me. Yep. And you know what the crazy thing is, is uh, English is his strongest subject because he, he, and I don't have this, which I was like, oh, I, I didn't get that. I think my sister has it where he can listen to a book oh. and it literally, he, it like is right there. Like if it's something that he, he will memorize. So for the longest time, we didn't know he was, we knew he had other learning disabilities. Oh, but, I have that. Yes. I, I didn't have it. So school. Yeah. So that's very cool that you have. So you understand I li- that. I listen to all my books. Like I, oh, me too. Yeah. Like I drive and listen to books all the time. I'm like, I'm just going to go for a drive. <laughs> yes, I do too. And I, I actually, if I sit and read, I will fall asleep and I, I can't, it like, it doesn't serve me well. It's like, a, I, I, I have to listen to it and do it on the go and all that kind of stuff. So kinesthetic I learner. love that. I love that. So I understand. So that's also, you have a different perspective to also teach your clients. There is more to the journey <laughs> and like, there is like a foundation to the work. Yes. No, I love that. I love that. And I love your story and I love how you got where you are. And I think it's so important for women. I mean, to hear you've had, uh, uh, you have had some, you had some roads, you've had some really big ups and you've had some really big downs, but what you did is you always listened to your intuition and listened to yourself. Yeah. And that's where you got where you are. And so I just applaud you. I am so psyched that Christina put us in touch because you are a remarkable woman and I cannot wait to just like 
to see, you know, your journey and to follow you and to stay connected to you because you're, you're doing big things. And I just, I, I love it. So thank you so much for joining your next stop. Thank you so much, Juliet. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for everyone for listening. And I have to ask one question. So, um, my pod, you know, podcast used to be called your next, I mean, your next, it used to be called next stop crazy town. So what does crazy town mean to you? Like if someone says crazy town, what, what do you think of? I actually think of Harlem. (laughs) I don't know why I literally like, I put myself like back in New York city, trying to get to like Connecticut to get to see my girlfriend in Greenwich. And I'm like getting on the train and I'm just sort of like in the mayhem and there's just a lot going on and I need to get out of the city. (laughs) I love that. That And yeah. And I've done that too. So, cause I used to live in New York city too. So I totally, that makes me laugh so hard. So crazy town to me is like my, my energy, my family's energy, my dog's energy. It's like very endearing to me, but that makes me chuckle because New York city is so endearing to me. So I love that it brings, I mean, I know it's like a hustle, you know, that that's the energy of New York city it, and all of it. So again, thank you again so much for joining us. And guys, if you liked what you hear, please rate and review, follow Carrie at CarrieMontgomery.com because you guys, she's doing some stuff. If you heard, she's dropping a book soon too. It is one that you want to follow because she's had, she's learned some stuff and she is teaching us. And that is what being an entrepreneur is, but that's also being a strong, independent person is knowing what you're good at and then sharing it with others. So Carrie, again, thank you so much. Thank you. Such a pleasure, Juliet. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 